بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الحمد لله أحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يحذه الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فإن أحسن الكلام كلام الله خير الهدى هدى محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وإن شر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار So this is our third lesson on this poetry that you have in your hands which is known as Al-Lamiyah Lamiyah attributed to Shaykh Al-Islam Ibn Tim Rahimahullah and so this poetry is simply 16 lines long and within this poetry there is uh, a summary or an explanation of a presentation of the essence of the belief of the Sahaba and the Tabi'een and the great Imams of the Salaf like Abu Hanifa Rahimahullah and Imam Malik Rahimahullah and Imam Shafi'i Rahimahullah and Imam Ahmad Rahimahullah and it's been summarized in uh, some concise poetry which is easy to memorize and I advise everybody to try to memorize this as we proceed it's very easy 16 lines it's like memorizing a surah from the towards the end of the Quran just not difficult and we see that as we mentioned before that the scholars uh, of Islam and scholars of the Sunnah that they have many compilations of poetry in which they have concisely summarized the belief of Ahlul Sunnah and this allows people like us to learn this poetry and to bring everything together in you know uh, in this form where we can quickly you know remember the issues that they that, that, that they raise so this is the benefit or one of the benefits from what the scholars have done is summarizing the belief of Ahlul Sunnah in form in the form of poetry and we see there are many examples that we mentioned previously in history of poetry which has been written some which are very short some which are very long some which are like this one here, 16 lines, some which are like 40 lines, like Al-Ha'iya of the son of uh, Imam Abu Dawood, who wrote the Sunan, Dawood, Sunan Abu Dawood. And like as you have uh, uh, poetry which run into thousands of lines, like the Nuniya of Ibn Al-Qayyim. So what we do is we you know, start with the smaller lines of poetry, we, we learn them, we memorize them, we get our children to memorize them, because it's a good way for them to... Uh, you know, for them to bring together the essential parts of our belief in a way that's easy to, to remember. So we've been, we've been discussing the first line of poetry. Ya sa'ili, ya sa'ili an madhhabi wa aqidati. Ruziqal huda man lil hidayati yas'alu. What does this mean? The first line means, O he who asks me about my madhhab and about my aqidah, Indeed, the one who asks for guidance, he will be given guidance. Right. So this one line is something that we've been discussing for the previous two lessons. And in the last lesson, we went through uh, the, 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 the individual <coughs> words, Ya Sa'ili, or one who asks. We mentioned that questions, people who ask questions are of two types. Someone who asks question, a question because he's sincere, he wants to learn, he wants to know the truth. And another type of person who asks a question because he, he, he's arrogant, he rejects. His question isn't really to learn, but it's to challenge and to deny. And so both of these two types are mentioned in the Qur'an. Both of these two types are mentioned in the Qur'an. And likewise, we mentioned the word madhab. What is the madhab? We mentioned the word aqidah. What is the meaning of the word aqidah? And then we talked about rizq, the sustenance. And we said that the sustenance, this rizq of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is of different types. One rizq is one which is general for everybody, the whole of mankind. The Muslim, non-Muslim, the muwahid, the kafir, the mushrik, everyone. There's no difference. Allah provides for everybody in terms of food, right? So and clothing. So everything, this is the rizq which is general. And now we said that there's a specific type of rizq which is only for the believers, which is the risk which is halal and tayyib. Halal and tayyib, which is the good, wholesome, pure, halal providence or risk. 
So this is for the Muslims, the believers. And then we said there's another type of rizq as well, because rizq, sustenance, isn't just physical. There's also another type of rizq, which is guidance. Guidance is a type of rizq. So this is also a type of rizq of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is what is mentioned here. رُزِقَ الْحُدَى مَنْ لِلْحِدَايَةِ يَسْأَلُ That the one who asks for guidance, Allah will give him this guidance. Allah will you know, bestow this rizq upon him, this huda, this guidance will bestow upon him. So this is where we finished in the previous lesson. And so today, inshallah ta'ala, we're going to continue and we're going to look at al-hidayah, guidance. Because this is what is mentioned in, in, in the poetry. رُزِقَ الْحُدَى مَنْ لِلْحِدَايَةِ يَسْأَلُ That he, the person who asks for guidance, he will be granted guidance. So hidayah, we mentioned this briefly last, in the last lesson, the meaning of hidayah, what is the meaning of al-hidayah? It means that a person, he becomes aware of the path of evil and the path of good. This is al-hidayah, al-hidayah. That you become aware that this is the path of evil and this is the path of good. And this is the path of safety and deliverance. Tariqun najah. And this is the path of destruction. So when it comes to your knowledge, when it's become clear to you, and, you, and, and these different paths have been made clear to you, this then, you have reached a state of guidance. This is guidance. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, That we have guided him, meaning man. We have guided him and shown him the two ways. We have shown him the two ways. So in other words, man, guidance has been explained to him. Surah Al-Balad, verse number 10. And likewise, Allah says in Surah Al-Insan, Surah 76, verse number 3, إِنَّا هَدَيْنَا هُسَّبِيلٌ إِمَّا شَاكِرًا وَإِمَّا كَفُورًا That indeed we have shown him the path. Whether he is grateful or whether he is ungrateful. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has shown man the path, that this is the path, this is a path of tawheed, this is a path of worshipping Allah alone, this is a path of gratefulness. Now it's up to you, you choose if you want to be grateful or if you want to be ungrateful. So hidayah, when we speak of al-hidayah, al-hidayah means to know the path of evil from the path of good, the path in which there is safety, the path that goes to paradise, and the path that goes to hellfire. When that becomes clear and it's made clear to you, this now is Al-Hidayah. But Al-Hidayah, guidance, isn't just one thing or one level. There are different levels and types of guidance. So, Shaykh Al-Islam, he says in his book, Mukhtasir Al-Fatawa Al-Misriya, he says, Al-Hidayatun Nafi'a Arba'atu Aqsam. The guidance which is beneficial, the beneficial type of guidance of Hidayah, there are four types. Four types. The first type he says, Al Hidayatu ila masalihid dunya. Ila masalihid dunya. So the first type of beneficial guidance is that Allah guides mankind to those things in which there is benefit for them. In the worldly sense, in the worldly affairs. This is a type of guidance. So for example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he, he guides mankind to make discoveries. They discover things in medicine. They discover things in engineering. They discover different types of skills by which they can look after their interests from a worldly point of view. To how to build houses, how to irrigate, how to use water, how to irrigate. How, all of these things... All of this knowledge, these, these are types of knowledge that Allah guides mankind to, to enable them to look after the beneficial interests of their worldly affairs. And this is the first type of guidance. Uh, of course, this is something that Allah bestows upon everybody, you know, the Muslim, non-Muslim, you know, this is, this is not unique to any one particular person. But this is a type of guidance nevertheless. It is from the types of beneficial guidance. The second type of guidance which is beneficial, he says, Al-Hidayatu bi-ma'na du'a il-khalqi 
ila ma yanfa'uhum wa amrihim wa amrihim bidhalik aw wa amruhum bidhalik that the second type of guidance is the one by which Allah calls the creation to what will benefit them and he commands them to adhere to that to be upon that in other words this now is by way of the prophets and messengers the prophets and messengers so now Allah sends the prophets and messengers and he invites the people to the thing which is of benefit to them meaning in the hereafter it will take them to paradise this is a second type of beneficial guidance and so this is the prophets and the books and the messengers the third type of guidance which is beneficial he says الذي لا يقدر عليه الا الله وهو جعل الهدى في القلب لقوله تعالى ومن يهد الله فهو المهتد this one is this, this third type of guidance is something that no one has power and control over except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this guidance is when Allah actually puts the guidance into the heart of an individual he actually guides the heart of an individual as Allah says, وَمَنْ يَحْدِ اللَّهُ فَهُوَ الْمُحْدَدِ That whomsoever Allah guides, He is the one who is truly guided. Surah Al-Isra, Surah 17, verse 97. Now, this type is, this type of uh, guidance is given different names. Sometimes it's called Al-Ilham, Inspiration. Sometimes it's called Al-Irshad. In other words, Allah, He inspires, He puts into the heart and mind of an individual to want to seek, to want guidance, to pursue guidance. And so Allah guides him by way of that. And so this is a third type. And again, this is something that only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has control over. And there is a quick issue here that we need to discuss very quickly, which is, that we as Muslims believe, we, we believe in this type of guidance. We believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who guides the hearts of, of the people. He actually guides the hearts of the people. And this is unlike the Qadariyya, and this is a sect that we have mentioned many times before in our lessons, the Qadariyya. And the Qadariyya are those who deny Al-Qadr. And they claim that mankind, the whole of mankind in whatever they do, that their actions and their statements and their choices are completely outside the control of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah has no control over a man's choice and his actions. Right? So this is, this is a bid'ah, this is an evil innovation of the Qadariya. And because of that innovation of theirs, then they deny this type of guidance. This guidance, which, which is in the hand of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, meaning to guide such and such person, and to misguide such and such person, to put guidance in the heart of such and such person. We believe that this is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that this is, this is a type of guidance that Allah is in control of. Because Allah truly, He guides and He misguides. And we see this clearly in the Qur'an. And likewise we see it in the statements of the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. مَنْ يَحْدِهِ Whomsoever Allah guides, there is none to misguide. And the, and the other way around. Whoever Allah misguides, there is none, there is none to, to guide him. So we believe that Allah is the one who puts guidance and misguidance in the hearts of the people. But because the Qadariya, the Qadariya they denied, they claimed that whatever a man does, it's outside of the control of Allah's will and his power then they clearly do not believe in this type of guidance or this level of guidance. They don't believe in it. They don't believe that Allah inspires someone with guidance and someone inspires someone else you know, to, to be misguided because they claim this would be injustice. This would be dhulb and this is wrong because in Allah's actions there is hikmah, there is wisdom and there is adal, there is adal, there is justice in Allah's actions. If Allah guides this one and he misguides this one, then there is a hikmah behind that. There is, a, a, there is adal, there is wisdom. And he only guided this one because this one he sought guidance. And this one, he, he misguided that one because he didn't want guidance. 
So this is all from Allah's adl. And there's a good example that, 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 that is given, an example which is given to help understand this type of situation here, which is if you imagine that Allah sends rain down upon a whole town, so the rain falls upon everybody. But only that person will collect the rain who takes his bucket and goes out and he collects the rain. He's the one who will get the rain. So the effort has to be, someone has to want to get the rain. As for the one who sits in the house and says, you know, uh, I'm not interested or whatever else, then he obviously he will not get the rain. So in a similar way, Allah, He sends guidance. And there are those who want guidance. Those who want guidance, then clearly they will receive guidance. And there are those who don't want guidance, and so they will not receive guidance. And so Allah knows. Allah knows from His perfect knowledge that this soul here, this one here, whose name is such and such, and will, who will be born to such and such, and who will you know, live for such and such, this one will want guidance. So therefore I will bestow him with guidance. And this one here, so-and-so, Abdullah ibn so-and-so, the, the son of so-and-so, born so-and-so, this one, from Allah's knowledge, is that he does not want guidance. So all of this is from Allah's adl, Allah's justice. And so therefore we affirm that Allah is the one who guides, and he is the one who misguides. And all of this is from the perfect adl of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we affirm this type of guidance, but the qadariya, from the Mu'tazila and the, those who took the belief of the Qadariya, they deny that Allah misguides and guides because they claim that this would be injustice. But anyway, this is the third level of guidance. And we see in the hadith of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam, in the hadith Qudsi, when the Messenger said, Kullukum dal, Kullukum dal, so the Messenger is saying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself said, Kullukum dal, every single one of you is misguided. Illa man hadaytuh. Except for the one which I guided, I gave hidayah to. And then he said, فَاسْتَحْدُونِي أَحْدِكُمْ Then seek guidance from me and I shall guide you. This is Hadith Qudsi. So this clearly, say, this clearly establishes that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who guides and who misguides. And in any case, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He sent prophets, He sent messengers, and He established the proof. And so there's no claim or excuse for anybody not, you know, for, for them to, to be misguided. There is no, there's no excuse. So that's the third level, or the third type, sorry, of beneficial guidance. The fourth type of beneficial guidance is Al-Huda Fil-Akhirah, which is guidance on Yawmul Qiyamah, in the hereafter. Because in the hereafter, the people will need to be guided. Because on that day, there will be many calamities and hardships and difficulties. People will be proceeding to the Hawd, people will be passing over the bridge. There are many situations that the believers will go through and they need guidance on that day as well. And this is the guidance in the hereafter. And in this regard, we have the verse in Surah Al-Hajj, Surah 22, verse number 24, in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَهُدُوا إِلَى الطَّيِّبِ مِنَ الْقَوْلِ وَهُدُوا إِلَى سِرَاطِ الْحَمِيدِ Allah says, and they, meaning now speaking about the believers on Yawm Al-Qiyamah, that they will be, or they have been, they, they are guided to the good, wholesome, pure speech. And they are guided to the, 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 the praiseworthy path. And so here, this, what is intended by this is guidance in, in the hereafter. This classification of the beneficial types of guidance is also mentioned by Al-Raghib Al-Asfahani. Al-Raghib Al-Asfahani. And he's someone who discusses the, the, the linguistic meaning of the, the, the words. And here he says, Hidayatullahi lil khalqi ala arba'ati adrub. That the guidance, Allah's guiding the creation is of four types. And he pretty much mentions the similar the four types again, but he mentions some interesting verses. So let's go through it one by one. So he says, Al-awwal, Al-aamatu li kulli ahadin bihasbi ihdibalihi wa ilayha ashara biqawlihi qala rabbuna alladhi a'ata kulla shay'in khalqahu thumma hada. The first one is a general type of guidance for everyone depending upon what his situation is. And then he mentions the verse 
say, or he said, Our Lord is the one who gave everything its own creation. Then he gave it guidance. What this ayah means, as the Mufassirin, they, they explain, is for example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he made, for example, a bee. He created a bee. Then he inspired the bee, its own form of, you know, its, its, own, its own particular form of guidance. How the, how the bee will behave, how it will go out and seek the honey and whatever else. So Allah has guided it to behave in the way that's appropriate to it. And likewise, for every single creature, Allah created it, then He inspired it as to its own type of, of, of guidance. That our Lord is the one who gave everything its creation, then He guided it. That's the first type of guidance. And the second type of guidance is الدُّعَاء عَلَىٰ أَلْسِنَةِ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ Which is calling mankind through the tongues of the prophets. Which again is the guidance which is through the Qur'an, the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the sunnah of Allah's messenger. And what the messengers came, the evidences they brought to worship Allah alone and warning from shirk. And, to, and the messengers ordering that they be obeyed out of obedience to Allah. All of this is the second type of guidance. And Allah alludes to this in the Qur'an when He says, وَجَعَلْنَا هُمْ أَئِمَّةً يَحْدُونَ بِأَمْرِنَا Allah says, we made them, meaning the prophets, to be imams, to be leaders, who guide by our command. So the messengers came and they guide the people with beneficial knowledge and beneficial action. This is the second type of, of guidance. The third type of guidance is التوفيق. This is the guidance that Allah bestows upon individuals whom He actually guides. He gives them success. So, Allah shows the people the path, but not everybody who is shown the path is guided. There are only those whom Allah chooses to be guided. And this is what we call the hidayah of at-tawfiq, the hidayah of success. That Allah chooses you that you will be guided. You have now been given tawfiq by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In that he will, not only did he show you in knowledge and evidence that the truth, but he made you to act upon it. He made you in your heart, you felt a desire to want to know the truth and to want to act upon the truth and want to be steadfast upon the truth. And so this is what we call a tawfiq that you combine between knowledge and, and, and action. And this is the third type. And the proof for that in the Quran is, وَمَنْ يُؤْمِنْ بِاللَّهِ that whoever believes in Allah, Allah will guide his heart. Allah will guide his heart. Surah at taghabun Surah 64, verse number 11. And likewise, Allah says, وَالَّذِينَ احْتَدَوْ زَادَهُمْ حُدَى وَآتَاهُمْ تَقْوَاهُمْ That those who seek guidance, those who want guidance, those who pursue guidance, Allah will increase them in guidance and will give them their taqwa, their piety. Surah Muhammad, Surah uh, 47, verse 17. And the final one, the fourth one, is Al-Hidayat Fil-Akhirati Ilal-Jannah, which is to be guided in the hereafter to paradise. As Allah says in the Quran, this is now the believers speaking, who are in paradise. وَمَا كُنَّا لِنَحْتَدِي لَوْلَا أَنْ حَدَانَ اللَّهِ that the believers will say once they're in paradise, that we could not have been able to guide ourselves had it not been for Allah guiding us. So once they've eventually reached into paradise. And so what this means is that included within this guidance is how Allah guided them on Yawmul Qiyamah to you know, enter into paradise. And so this is in Surah Al-A'raf, Surah 7, uh, verse number 43. So what are these four types of guidance again? Four beneficial types of guidance. What's the first one? <coughs> yeah. The first one, the guidance that Allah gives to everybody for the beneficial to look after their beneficial interests. And what, what examples of this can we give? Research, research discoveries. Huh? Research and yeah. People discovering things, researching things, becoming aware of certain things, you know, like the skills and the crafts and certain fields of knowledge. By which they, for example, buildings, clothing, you know, all this is for in, in a beneficial interest. So Allah guides people to 
you know, discover these things, like medicine, whatever else. That was alluded to, like in the Quran in the beginning, uh, Bakra. Sorry? When Allah says to the angels that I didn't give you knowledge of the things of the land. Um, that, I'm, Allah, I'm not sure whether that's referring to that. That, that was in relation to Adam al-Islam being taught the names of all things. Uh, and the, when Allah says that I know that which you know not, that's in relation to what he knows of Adam Islam and the offspring of Adam Islam and the hikmah and whatever else with, with respect to that. Yeah. Okay, so that's the first one. Second type of beneficial knowledge is the, yeah, the, the actual guidance, meaning the Quran, Islam, the Sunnah, Tawheed, Iman. All of this is what Allah sent by way of the prophets and messengers. Um, in this second one, is it, does it uh, include both guidances, such as the guidance that the prophets give to the people yeah. and the fact that they, the people themselves accept the guidance? Okay, that, that one is the third one. Oh. Is that, the third, third one is the, the, the Allah guides the heart, right? Is that what you mean? Hidayat yeah. al-Tawfiq? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's the third one. So, so the second one? Yeah, second one is just related to knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Because in in yeah, so in the Quran there's an ayah, because there's one type of guidance that the messengers bring, and another type of guidance that the messengers don't have any control over. Because in the ayah in in the Quran Allah says, uh, that you, O Muhammad, you indeed guide to a straight path. What does this mean? It doesn't mean that the messenger guides the hearts of the people. No. So only Allah has control of that. But what it means is that the messenger shows them that, look, this is a straight path. He's the straight path. And he explains what the straight path is. So in this sense, the messenger, in terms of knowledge, he is directing the people to what the straight path is. Uh, yeah, and then in another verse, Allah says to the messenger, In another verse, Allah says, You, O Muhammad, do not guide whom you wish, but Allah guides whomever he wills. Now this guidance here, is speaking about the guidance of the heart. That Allah is the one who now gives someone success to follow uh, the path. But this actually issue is, is what we're going to discuss next anyway. So so the second type of guidance was... So in the second one, does yeah. it also involve the scholars, for example, or anyone that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So in the second one, Al-Hidayah bima'na dua al-khalq, that, you know, guidance by way of Allah, you know, uh, showing the people that which is the truth, then this can be on the tongues of the messengers as the foundation, because the messengers receive revelation. But then it can also be by way of the scholars who come afterwards, because the scholars, they convey what they, what they know to be from the Qur'an, from the Sunnah, and what they understand from the Sahaba. So they convey, they show you, and they tell you, this is the belief of Tawheed. This is the belief in Paradise and Hellfire. This is how we believe in such and so. They explain the true belief, and then they also convey the Tawheed that the messengers call to, and then they explain the Sunnah. So yes, the same guidance is on the tongue of the, messen- uh, the, 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 the scholars who are the inheritors of the prophets. Even though in its foundation it is the messengers who receive revelation, and they are the ones who call and guide the people. But the messengers have a share. The, the, the <coughs> scholars have a share of that as well. And the third one we said, which is what? What is the third one? The guidance of of the heart. Who controls that? Allah subhanahu Allah guides. Only Allah guides. Allah guides, Allah misguides. It's not in the hand of anybody. Not any prophet, not any messenger, no one. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides. And the fourth one is guide, guidance in the hereafter to enter into, into paradise. So these are four types of guidance. Remember them. And so this, this will show you the benefit of learning poetry like this. Because when you learn this poetry in your mind you can attach all the points that you're learning to each. So as you, as, you, as you go along, Ya Sa'ili, or he who asks, in your mind, you're attaching all the points. So Sa'ili, a question, you know, questions are of two types. The question of a, uh, you know, Mu'anid, one who is a denier and a rejecter, and a question of the one who, who, who wants to know. So as you go along, An Madhabi, what is a Madhab, what is the ruling upon Madhabs, Wa Aqidati, what is the definition of Aqidah, and so on and so forth. Ruzik Al-Huda, what is Rizq, Types of risk, al-huda. What is so? This shows you the benefit of actually memorizing these words, because as you read through them, as you recite them, and you remember them, then all of the masail, the issues that you've discussed, that, that you've discussed, they will quick come to your mind. You'll be able to easily remember the the, the, the issues. 
So this now moves us on to the next issue then, which is something that we've been discussing already, which is the Hidayatul Tawfiq, the guidance which is in the hand of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone, which is the third type that we discussed, that this is something unique and specific only to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Allah says in the Quran, as is explained by Imam al-Tabari, rahimahullah, when Allah says in the Quran, He's addressing the Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَمَا أَنْتَ بِحَادِ الْعُمْيِ عَنْ ضَلَالَتِهِمْ Allah says, speaking to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that you, O Muhammad, you will not be, you will not be able to guide the blind from their misguidance. Those who are blind in their misguidance, you will not be able to guide them. So we see here that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has denied that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu that he himself guides anyone. No, because guidance is in the hand of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is because At-Tabari says, rahimahullah, that guidance from kufr to iman, and to, to iman, and to success, and to right guidance, all of that is in the hand of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No, and no one else beside him. So even Prophet Muhammad sallallahu here, he has been denied that he has any power to guide the people. And likewise, he is not able to cause the dead to hear, unless it is by Allah's wish, unless it is by Allah's will. And likewise, he is too denied from the Messenger sallallahu that he is able or has power to guide the misguided people. This is what At-Tabari says. This is the meaning of this ayah. And likewise, Ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah, he says in, a, in his book, Shifa'ul Alil, regarding the verse in Surah Al-Fatiha, Ihdina sirat al-mustaqim, guide us to the straight path. So here Ibn al-Qayyim says that, he says that this guidance here, means asking guidance from whoever has the power and ability over it. And Allah, meaning that we are asking Allah here, اِحْدِنَ الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ Who are we asking here in this, in this ayah that we recite every single, in, in every single prayer? We are saying, Oh Allah, guide us to, to the straight path. So here, this request of guidance is being made from the one, only one who actually have, have, has power over it, and which is in his hand. He, if he wills, he will give it to his servant. If he doesn't will, he won't give it to the servant. So this hidayah, what is this hidayah? It is, ma'rifatul haq wal amalu bihi. Write this down. Ma'rifatul haq wal amalu bihi. Ma'rifatul haq wal amalu bihi. Can you see how this combines between the second and third types of guidance that we mentioned earlier on? This is true complete guidance. This is another way of saying the same thing. It's another way of looking at number two and number three. Ma'rifatul haqq To know the truth, meaning the messengers come and they explain the truth to you. This is tawheed. This is iman. Now this is the sunnah. This is ittiba. This is obedience. Right? To know. To actually know. Right? And then, wal'amalu bihi. To actually act upon it. And that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala giving tawfiq to the servant in his heart that he actually wants to and acts upon the guidance. So this is another way of defining guidance. Al-Hidayatu, Ma'rifatul Haqq, Wal-Amalu Bihi. So when we define guidance at the beginning, if you, say, if you remember we said what is Al-Hidayah, it is to know the path of evil and to know the path of good. That's deficient. That's deficient. That's only mentioning uh, a level of guidance. But there's another level on top of that, which is to be successful in acting upon that knowledge to choose the path of good and to keep away, keep away from the path of evil. So here he says, uh, Ibn al-Qayyim says, Ma'rifatul haqq wal-amalu bihi. So then he says, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not make someone to have knowledge of the truth and he doesn't make him to act upon the truth, then he will never have any way to be guided. There is no path for him at all. If Allah doesn't will that for him, if Allah doesn't want that for him. So this shows that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is alone and unique in guiding, which guides a person. And what is the thing 
that makes a person to be guided, it is has to originate from him. It has to be in his heart first. So he has to be muridan lil huda. Muridan lil huda. He must be one in his heart. He actually wants guidance first and foremost. Muhibban lahu. He must love guidance. He must love guidance. Mu'athiran lahu. He must prefer guidance. Amilan bihi. And he must act upon guidance. These are all of the components and elements which if Allah sees in an individual, then he's worthy of being guided. And if these things are not found in the heart of an individual, then he's not worthy of being guided because he doesn't want it. So Allah will misguide him because he chose misguidance. And Allah will guide this one because he wanted guidance. This is why we say that we, as people who are followers of the righteous Salaf, who believe in Al-Qadr, in all of the levels of Al-Qadr, and we believe that Allah guides and misguides, that we, therefore, we, 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 are, we are able to understand the perfect justice of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are, be able to, we, are, we, we are be able to speak about Allah's complete perfection in His Tawheed, His complete control over His creation, and at the same time, establish that Allah is just in everything that He does. When He guides this one, he guided him because that person wanted guidance. When he misguided this one, he misguided him because that person wanted and preferred misguidance. There's no injustice in any of this whatsoever. Unlike the people of Al-Qadr, who deny Al-Qadr, the Qadriya, who claim that Allah does not guide, does not misguide, rather this is completely in the hand and the control of, of, of man. And so therefore they established another creator besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this shubha, this doubt, by the way, my dear brothers, this doubt about evil, why does so much evil exist in the creation? And this is one of the doubts of the atheists. It's not new. It is a very old doubt that has been going for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And what the issue comes down to is the issue of, is, is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala someone who has a choice and a will? Is he, fa, is, is he someone who is fa'il mukhtar? Is he someone who, who chooses and who acts? And then these people from thousands and thousands, thousands of years back, they, they raised a doubt and a shubha. They said, they said, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is someone who has a will and a choice, then he should have been able to uh, choose, or he should have been, you know, he should have had the ability and the, you know, to, choo to choose good. We would, we would have seen nothing but uh, good. And then, so the, the, the shubha that they bring basically is the saying that if Allah is one who chooses to do what He does, how can we see so much evil in the world? Why do we see so much evil? So historically speaking, some of those people historically, they tried to give an answer to this question. And so what they did is they invented, when they couldn't answer this question, they tried to invent another God. They said, oh, the answer to that is easy. There are two gods. There's a God of good and there's the God of evil. And this is what the fire worshippers did, the Magians. This is the asal of their saying. The reason why they brought this saying, invented the saying, is because they couldn't answer this question to do, to, to do with evil and Allah's actions. So they just invented a new, new God. Yes, the fire is evil, represents evil. Uh, sorry, the fire is uh, uh, light and the darkness is you know, evil. There's a God of good and a God of evil. Right? So this is how they try to escape that problem. But the same issue is something that is being expressed again and again, and even now today, the atheist of today, one of the arguments says, well, if there is a God, if there is a creator which exists, why do we see so much evil in the world? Right? If there is a, a God who is one who chooses, who has a will, who acts, why do we see so much evil in the world? So this, should, this, should, this doubt is something old, and you know, it goes back many, many thousands of years. So this same doubt is the same one that the Qadariya are trying to answer, the Mu'tazila and the Qadariya. They deny... They deny Allah has control over the actions of men. Because they're hoping by way of this, they can remove injustice from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a way to answer the shubha that's coming from the atheists and other people. Okay? So the point that we're making here is that we as Ahlul Sunnah, we, we, we don't innovate in this way. We, we stick to the Quran and the Sunnah and the Athar and everything fits together as a whole. There's no contradiction, there's no conflict. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He guides and He misguides. And in all of that, there is perfect justice and wisdom. Because He never misguided anyone who didn't deserve misguidance. 
and he only guided one because he deserved guidance. And as for all of the calamities that we see and the, the, the you know the, the the death and the illness and the suffering, whatever else, and the poverty and all that, then all of this is a means to an end. It's a means to an end. Just like the creation of Iblis is a means to an end, right? For trial, tribulation. So anyway, that's that's another discussion. But the point that we are mentioning here is with respect to guidance, is that when a person is murid, murid, he wants guidance, and he is muhib, he loves guidance, and he is mu'athir or mu'athir, he, he's someone who actually chooses guidance, he prefers guidance, and he acts upon it. This is the one that, whose heart Allah will guide. And so, this type of guidance here that Allah guides such a person, is not in the control of any prophet, nor is it in the control of any uh, messenger or any angel. Rather, it is only in the hand of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why Allah says in the ayah that we mentioned earlier, إِنَّكَ لَا تَحْدِي مَنْ أَحْبَبْتِ He's now addressing the messenger Muhammad sallallahu That you, O Muhammad, that you do not guide whom you will. وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يَحْدِي مَنْ But it is Allah, the one who guides whom he wills. وَهُوَ أَعْلَمُ بِالْمُحْتَدِينَ And he is the one, who is the one, he is the one who is most knowledgeable of those who seek guidance. And likewise we see in the same book, Shifa'ul Alil ibn al-Qayyim, he says regarding the verse, إِن تَحْرِسْ عَلَى هُدَاهُمْ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَحْدِي مَنْ يُدِلْ Again in this ayah in the Quran, Surah An-Nahl, Surah 16, verse 37, Allah is speaking to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And he's saying to him that if you, O Muhammad, are so eager and desirous of them being guided, then indeed Allah does not guide the one whom he misguides. Because the Prophet Muhammad he wanted certain people to be guided. He wanted out of compassion and mercy for them. But Allah did not guide them. So this shows that guidance is not in the hand of any prophet or messenger or angel. It is something only in the hand of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so these verses, we mentioned many verses here, then we mentioned three, four verses all together, which indicate clearly that guidance is only in the hand of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we see in another ayah in the Quran, Allah says, Whomever Allah misguides, there is none to guide. Surah A'raf, Surah 7, verse 187. And likewise, we have another ayah in the Quran, Allah says, قُلْ حَلْ مِنْ شُرَكَائِكُمْ مَنْ يَحْدِي إِلَى الْحَقِّ قُلِ اللَّهُ يَحْدِي لِلْحَقِّ Say, do you have any partners who guide to the truth? Say, it is only Allah who guides to the truth. Surah Yunus, Surah, uh, Yunus is Surah number uh, 10, 10, verse number 35. So, this then makes it very clear, Ya Ikhwan, that this type of guidance, the guidance of Tawfiq, is only in the hand of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and he guides the one who seeks guidance. Now we finish with, inshallah ta'ala, what are some of the asbab for receiving guidance? How would you receive guidance? How would you become one that will actually be guided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And on the other hand, what are the asbab, what are the ways and means by which you are prevented from being guided? So the asbab, husul al-hidayah. First of all, the, the, the ways and means, by which you receive guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Well, there may be seven or eight of them. And so the first of them, very quickly, first of all is Al-Iman. 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 Allah says, وَمَن يُؤْمِن بِاللَّهِ يَحْدِ قَلْبَهُ Whoever believes in Allah, Allah will guide his heart. So clearly here, Iman is a starting point. Al-Iman. What is Al-Iman? Al-Iman, the foundation of Al-Iman is to believe in Allah and His angels and His books and His messengers and the last day and Al-Qadr, it's good and it's evil. These are the foundations of Iman. And then there are details with respect to each one, with respect to Allah. We, we have Iman in His Rububiyyah, in His Uluhiyyah, in His Asma'i wa Sifat, in His names and attributes. And likewise for the rest of the other pillars. So a person must have iman, sincere iman in his heart. The second, so when that's present, then he will receive Allah's guidance to further guidance. Second is, al-i'tisam bil-kitabi wa-sunnah. 
that when he clings fast to the book and the sunnah, then that will also be a source of guidance, continued guidance for him. Allah says, sorry, the first ayah was Surah at taghabun Surah 64, verse 11. وَمَن يُؤْمِن بِاللَّهِ يَحْنِ قَلْبَهُ 64 verse 11 So as for the evidence for clinging to the book and the sunnah, Allah says وَمَن يَعْتَسِمْ بِاللَّهِ فَقَدْ حُدِيَ إِلَى سِرَاطٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ That whoever makes i'tisam with Allah, to Allah, whoever clings first to Allah, meaning to Allah's guidance, meaning his book and the sunnah, the guidance of the messenger, فَقَدْ حُدِيَ إِلَى سِرَاطٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ Then he has indeed been guided to the straight path. So Al-I'tisam, clinging, holding fast to the book and the sunnah. <laughs> the third is Al-Ittiba'. Al-Ittiba'. Al-Ittiba' means to follow and imitate the messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In his sunnah, in everything, in his ibadah, in one's worship, in one's mu'amala, in one's akhlaq, in one's manners, in one's morals, in everything. The proof of that is Allah says in the Quran, uh, the, sorry, the previous verse, I forgot to mention the reference, Surah Ali Imran, Surah 3, verse 101, the previous verse for number 2. Number 3, Al-Ittiba' to follow and imitate the messenger, Al-Ladheena yastami'oona al-Qawla, fayattabi'oona ahsanah, Ula'ika al-Ladheena hadahumullah. That those who listen to the Qawl, listen to the speech, and then they make Ittiba', they follow the best part of it, then they are the ones whom Allah has guided. So clearly a link between al-ittiba and guidance. Surah Az-Zumar, Surah 39, verse 18. Surah Az-Zumar 39, verse 18. Number four, so remember all of these are things which give you continual guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number four, at-tawbah as-sadiqah. At-tawbah as-sadiqah. Sincere repentance. Making tawbah to Allah sincerely. Because everyone, as the Messenger وسلم, said in the hadith, that all of Bani Adam, Kullu Bani Adam khatta'oon, all of the sons of Adam, they make sins. Everybody makes sins. They, they repeatedly make sins. And the best of those who make sins are the ones who are tawwabun, the ones who are always repenting, always repenting, all, all the time. So a tawbah, a sadiqah, because there is no one who is free of committing sin. Everyone commits sins. And so therefore Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has legislated tawbah as a means of purifying oneself from that sin and to remove blame from oneself. And so so long as a believer is making tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not persisting, then Allah will guide. He will not be deprived of Allah's guidance. What is the proof of this? The proof of this is in, is, is, is in the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَيَحْدِي إِلَيْهِ مَنْ أَنَابَ وَيَحْدِي إِلَيْهِ مَنْ أَنَابَ That Allah will guide to Himself the one who anab. Anab means the one who comes back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He makes tawbah to Allah. He returns back to Allah. So the one who is always doing this from his sins, Allah will guide him. Allah will guide him. Surah ar raad Surah 13, verse number 27. Number 7. Uh, sorry, number five is Al-Mujahadatu Fillah, which is striving, struggling in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, expending one's efforts in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, spending from one's wealth or from one's own resources, from his own, you know, from, from you know, by way of his speech and his effort and whatever else, that he, ought, that he spends all of that in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The proof of this is... Uh, the proof of this is the ayah, it doesn't mention the full ayah. Yeah. That those who strive in our path, who, who make jihad in our path, with its comprehensive meaning that is. That that we will most certainly guide them to our ways and to our paths. Indeed Allah is with those who do good. So he mentioned those who strive, make mujahada in our path. لَنَحْدِيَنَّهُمْ سُبُلَنَا This is Surah Al-Ankabut, Surah 29, verse number 69. So the more you strive and make effort in the path of Allah to invite to the truth, to call to Tawheed, to call to the Sunnah, 
to prohibit from sins and disobedience and bid'ah and whatever else opposes the truth, then the more you will receive from Allah's, Allah's guidance. The more you will receive from Allah's guidance. Number six, إِقَامَةُ الصَّلَاحِ وَإِيْتَاءُ الزَّكَاحِ To establish the salah and to give the zakah. That these are things that necessitate upon you guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What is the proof? The proof of this is right at the beginning of the Qur'an, Surah Al-Baqarah. Allah says, uh, you know the beginning of the, the, the chapter, الَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْغَيْبِ وَيُقِيمُونَ الصَّلَاةَ وَمِمَّا رَزَقَنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ Allah mentions some qualities here. Those who believe in the unseen, they believe in the unseen. We covered this already, Al-Iman, which is number one at the beginning of this list, Al-Iman. And they establish the prayer, and they spend from that which we have given them. And then at the end, in verse number five, Allah says, "Ulaika ala hudam mir rabbihim." So they are the ones who are upon guidance from their Lord. So see how Allah associated this huda, this guidance, with the actions that Allah mentioned at the beginning, uh, or with respect to the believers. Believe in the unseen, establish the prayer, give the zakah. So this is number six, that as salah, prayer, and charity, is. Something that necessitates guidance. And finally, number seven is ad-du'a, which is calling upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and asking Allah for guidance. And like, so likewise, we see specifically in the hadith, um, as is reported by Imam Muslim, in which the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa he said, Allahumma ahdini li ahsanil akhlaqi La yahdi li ahsaniha illa ant. O Allah, guide me to the best of manners, the best of akhlaq, which no one guides to them except for you. So making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for guidance in any issue. In this hadith we see, in this dua we see guidance to the best of manners. But, in, but for anything else, then this is another reason or cause for being guided or receiving the guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as for the ways and means by which a person is prevented from guidance. What are they? What are they? The ways and means of being prevented from the guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. First and foremost is al-kufr. Al-kufr. Disbelief as opposed to iman. Al-kufr. So Allah does not guide the kafir. Allah does not guide the kafir. Qala ta'ala, Wallahu la yahdil qawm al-kafirin. Indeed, Allah does not guide a disbelieving people. Surah Al-Baqarah, Surah 2, verse 264. And likewise, Allah says in another ayah, كَيْفَ يَحْدِ اللَّهُ قَوْمًا كَفَرُوا بَعْدَ إِيمَانِهِمْ How can Allah guide a people who disbelieved after their faith? Surah Ali Imran, Surah 3, verse 86. Now these people who are misguided, who are the Kafirin. Why? Why are they kafirin? Why are they? Why are they disbelievers? Why are they? Why does not Allah guide them? These people. They reject and they cover up the truth. Yeah, they, 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 because Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, first and foremost, every individual, Allah has given every individual a fitrah. There are there are different. There are three levels. Fitrah. Allah has given everybody fitrah. This fitrah is something Allah has created all of mankind upon. And this fitrah is something that when a, a person is born with, and he, he knows instinctively, inside of himself, he knows. It doesn't, even, it doesn't require aql. He knows, for example, that to worship others is false. He knows that everything that a person sees around him is the clearest of evidences that there is a Lord who created him and who bestowed upon him all of the sustenance and everything else, right? The fitrah is something, it naturally recognizes these things and it doesn't need to think about it, it's instinctive. So Allah put this fitrah in every single soul. Every single soul has this fitrah. Okay, is the fitrah enough to establish the proof upon someone? Yes. Question. Is the fitrah enough to establish the proof upon someone? Yes and no, we're hearing. <laughs> to establish the proof that Allah will say, that Allah will say, yes, 
you knew the truth. The answer? The answer is no. The fitra is not enough. But the fitra is not enough to establish the proof upon someone on Yawmul Qiyamah. It's not enough. Right? So for that reason, because the fitra, we know it can be corrupted. The fitra can change. You know the hadith, every child is born upon fitra, then it is his parents, yuhawwidanuhu, aw yunasiranuhu, aw yumajjisanuhu. That it is his parents who make him a Jew, or make him a Christian, or make him a fire worshipper. The fitra is something that can be corrupted. Right. Okay. But the fitra is one of the three sources of knowledge that we are going to mention. Because by a fitra, a person can know, yes, this is oppression. The fitra will tell you if someone goes and slaps a child for no reason. You don't need any reason. The fitra will tell you straight away that this is dhulm. Right. The fitra knows this without even thought or anything. This is the nature of the fitra. The fitra it knows many things are wrong. Uh, just like it knows that worshipping others besides Allah is wrong. Right? So the fitra is something that is, can give us some knowledge, but it can't give us knowledge in a lot of, a lot, a lot of other things. Right? Then we have the next level, which is al-aqal. Allah gave everyone aqal as well. He put reason. He gave everyone a reason, an aqal, by which to know the truth from falsehood. Right? So the aql, now through the aql, we can now recognize more. Or we have an additional level of knowledge than, than we do with the fitra. Okay. So this aql now, this reason which the people have been given, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He sent prophets and messengers. When the prophets and messengers came, their call initially is to the first one, to the fitra. This is what they called to. They didn't, re, they didn't use reason straight away. They simply called to the people and said, Worship Allah alone. That's what they said. <coughs> worship Allah alone. Because the fitra already knows this truth. To worship Allah alone. That's why you see in the Quran verses, fitra The fitra of Allah, that which He made mankind upon. And likewise, in Surah Ibrahim, Allah says, وَقَالَتْ رُسُلُهُمْ أَفِ the messenger said, is there any doubt concerning Allah? The Fatir, the Fatir, the one who is the originator of the heavens and the earth. So when they came, they simply said, worship Allah alone. They appealed to the fitra of the people first. Then, when a challenge came from the kuffar and the mushrikeen, and they started bringing shubuhat and doubts, then the reason, the aql, the reason, the rational proofs were used. And that's why in the Qur'an we see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala using rational proofs against the futility of shirk and against denying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the Lord and the Creator or associating partners with Him. So in the Qur'an we therefore see at the same time we see the rational proofs. So now Allah sends the books and the messengers to refute and to invite the people by way of aql and to show them the truth. Right? So here we see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refuting the mushrikeen who worship others besides Allah, refuting the Christians for worshipping Isa al-Islam, refuting those who worship the jinn, the angels, the, who, who take many lords besides Allah. All these rational arguments you see that Allah has mentioned by way of similitudes and examples, and He showed the futility of all of that. Okay, so now these people who are kafirin, who are disbelievers, they are, they are concealing this, this truth. First of all, which Allah put in the fitrah, he established that truth in their fitra, but that fitra is not enough to convict them. And then he sent books and messengers to establish proofs by way of reason and to establish Allah's hujjah upon them. And so when they denied, so whoever denied the messengers in general or denied the Prophet of Muhammad, who is the last messenger, then they are they are concealing, you know, they, they, they are they are covering that truth that Allah put in every soul by way of reason or whatever other reason they might have, by way of arrogance, by way of kibr, by way of rejection, or whichever other ways and means that they might use to deny the truth. So such people in their hearts, they don't want guidance. They've already rejected guidance. Does Allah guide such people? No. Is Allah in unjust when He doesn't give such people guidance? No. It's from His perfect wisdom and justice. So Allah says, وَاللَّهُ لَا يَحْدِي الْقَوْمَ الْكَافِرِينَ 
Allah does not miss, Allah does not guide a disbelieving people. But does Allah give them sustenance, risk? Does He send rain upon them? Does He bestow them with food, drink, clothing, children, offspring, serenity, calmness? He gives them everything, but He doesn't guide the disbelieving people. This is from His rahmah and His mercy. So Allah is not unjust in, in anything. So Al Kufar is the first thing that prevents you from guidance. The second thing is Al-Zulm. Al-Zulm. Allah says, Wallahu la yahdi al-qawm al-zalimeen. Indeed, Allah does, not, Allah does not guide the one who is a zalim, the one who is an oppressor, the one who is a wrongdoer. And zulm, of course, is of different levels. From them is the zulm against Allah, the zulm uh, which is committing shirk with Allah, of the zulm of setting up partners with Allah. And Allah cannot be harmed in the least by anyone who commits this dhulm, this oppression, with respect to the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then there's other types of dhulm, dhulm amongst the, the people, taking the rights of the people uh, and oppressing them. So all of this in general, Wallahu la yahdi al dhulm is something that will prevent you from, from receiving the guidance of Allah. The third one is al-fisq. Al-fisq is sinfulness and disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wallahu la yahdi al-qawm al-fasiqeen Indeed, Allah does not guide the fasiqeen The sinful people The previous verse, sorry, was Ali Imran Regarding the zalimeen Surah Ali Imran, verse 86 Surah 3, verse 86 This ayah Wallahu la yahdi al-qawm al-fasiqeen Allah does not guide the fasiq The fasiq, who is this? The fasiqeen, the sinful people Surah Al-Ma'idah Surah 5, verse 108 the fourth thing which prevents you from the guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-kadhib. Al-kadhib, which is lies, being a liar, telling lies, being untruthful. Allah says, Inna Allah la yahdi man huwa musrifun kadhab. Indeed, Allah does not guide the one who is musrif, meaning the one who is excessive, and the one who is kadhab, the one who is a liar. Surah Ghafir. Surah 40 verse 28 Number 5 is to ally with shaitan Mu'alatu shaitan To turn to him, to follow him, to obey him Allah says Kutiba alihi annahu man tawallahu Fa'annahu yudilluhu wa yahdihi ila adhabi sa'ir That it is right, written upon, for him that whoever allies himself to him, meaning to shaitan, then he will misguide him and guide him instead to the punishment of the fire. Surah Al-Hajj, Surah 22, verse number 4. So to ally with the shaitan, meaning to obey him, then this is also prevents you from guidance. And finally, number 6, Ittiba'ul Hawa. Ittiba'ul Hawa. Which is to follow one's desires. To follow one's desires. Allah says, وَلَا تَتَّبِئِ الْحَوَىٰ فَيُدِلَّكَ عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ Do not follow your how? Do not follow your desires. Lest they take you away from the path of Allah. Surah Sa'd, Surah 38, verse 26. Now, so we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a, in a man, in mankind, what has he put? He put fitrah into Mankind. He gave them the fitrah. He gave them aql, which is reason, the ability to reason and to see right from wrong and to choose right from wrong. He sent them the messengers to show them that, that which is between right and wrong. Then he also put within them as well, he put within them desires, the love of certain things, the love of wealth, the love of women, the love of children, the love of, and he made him, he put these qualities, this shahwa within man. Within man. And that's as a means of ibtila, as a trial and a test. This is a trial and a test. Okay? And so from all of this, we see that following the hawa, making ittiba of the hawa, following one's desires, that is a tribulation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the one who follows his hawa, either in knowledge, or in, in, in terms of shubuhat, or in terms of shahawat, in terms of the sins, then he will be misguided from the path of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is Surah Sa'd, verse 26. And this ends our discussion of the issue of Al-Hidayah. And there we conclude our lesson for today, inshallah. So as you can see, 
that from the first line, Ya sa'ili an madhabi wa aqidati, ruziqal huda man lil hidayati yas'alu. So we see there are many issues, many masail, which we can derive just from this one line of poetry. So inshallah ta'ala for the next lesson, what I would like you to do, uh, inshallah just as a bit of homework, if you can make a list of all of the masail, all of the issues that one would derive from this first line. And so if we have any volunteers, the next time you can volunteer to inshallah you know, give a short, maybe three, four minute presentation. So if somebody wants to do that, if you, so if you don't mind, inshallah, then we will do that next week. And this is just to encourage learning. There's nothing to feel shy about, nothing to feel, because this is how we learn. You know, knowledge is, is learnt in this way. We shouldn't feel discouraged or shy or embarrassed or, because everybody makes mistakes. And this is how we learn, inshallah ta'ala. So if you don't mind, I suggest that if you make, just write half a page, so make it your homework to write half a page to summarize all of the issues that have been discussed in the first line of poetry. And so when we come to next lesson, inshallah ta'ala, you know, uh, I would like two or three people maybe to, you know, just stand and just read from what you've written. It's a revision for everybody else. Don't feel shy. Don't feel, you know. And so we'll do that next time, inshallah. So today we conclude at this point. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك وشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت واستغفرك وأتوب إليك